podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. You join us here inside Darren's house. Hey, what? Where did you come from? Get out of my ass! Darren is about to play Paddy Power Fantasy's Sunday Million Prize Draw on the NFL. Sophie, it's that bloke from Paddy Power. He's got in the ass again. It's just nine pounds to enter the competition, with one million pounds in prizes to be won and £200,000 for the winner. Listen, mate, get out of here before I search Paddy Power Fantasy to pick your team. Last entry by 6pm Sunday. Paddy Power Fantasy. Hate waiting, love winning. Get out! And don't you dare read those terms and conditions. Paddy Power Fantasy rules apply. 18 plus, begambleaware.org. Are you going to sneak into my ass every Sunday? Yes. Oh. Hello and welcome to the Nat Coombe Show presented by Paddy Power Fantasy. Good to have you with us, gang, as we get into the divisional playoff round. Things are kind of getting serious, which means there's only one man that can help guide us through. Jason Bell. Jay Bell in the house very shortly previewing all four of the big games. We'll talk about the new Giants coaching high with him, of course, a former New York Giant. Interested to see what he thinks about Joe Judge. So a lot to be getting into and breaking news for you the Paddy Power Listener League back this weekend for the Sunday games only head to fantasy.paddypower.com forward slash league forward slash Nat Coombe show just for the Sunday games but being the OG will be dropping our daily fantasy wisdom if that's not stretching it too much uh, on the Saturday pod which will be going into your podcatchers early on Saturday morning right let's get straight down to business with J-Belt Jason Bell welcome back What's up? I keep getting let back in the building, and I'm okay with that. We are okay with that as well. We need you back, j We need you back, particularly this weekend, Divisional. Is your favorite weekend of football? Is it the, it's the best weekend of football? You know, I, I think the playoffs as a whole is, but yeah, this is. it just keeps getting better, right? I mean, once the playoffs kick off, I think everybody's just locked in. Uh, they're starting to look at the matchups. They're all into it, and especially this year, I just was like, this is brilliant as far as the teams playing each other. And the teams in the tournament as is, I mean, it just, everybody had strengths and I've just been excited to see this whole thing shake out. Upsets already and maybe a few more this weekend. Are we going to deep dive into the game? Oh, it's man. Not easy. Not easy. Not e- no, no, it's not for the week. It's not for the week. Not at all. <laughs> Neither is Joe Judge, the New York Giants head coach. You see his press conference. That was fighting to Yeah, I don't, I, you know, some guys I don't want to get in a sparring match with, no matter how they look. And I just feel like in the 12th round, he's just going to body blow me in. I want the top five, the short list. Yeah. I think Mike Singletary is on that list. I'm, I don't want that. I don't want that. Joe Judge is on that list. Yeah, I, the, the way he talked, I was like, you know, he, he said some things, especially about bringing that New York attitude love back, that. you know, what the city requires and desires. And O.C., who, uh, you know, is my guy, uh, he always talks about how each city, the head coach needs to reflect that image. And I think that's what Joe just said. He came in and said, I'm going to represent you all. I completely agree with that. Like, what, just watching it, it it's had... The press conference that is has had slightly mixed opinion, divided opinion. Some people are saying, oh, it's all talk. It hasn't done anything. Uh, it's easy to say that. Of course, you want to say we're going to play tough. But that's how it came across to me. And you play for the New York Giants, so you are in a much better position than me. But that's how it came across to me is that this guy seems to straight away have has got the fans on side because he is talking as one of them. He is bringing them all together. And I thought from a, an opening gambit perspective – it was as impressive as it could be. Yeah, it's kind of like, what do you want him to do? He's got to go yeah. up there and talk. Right. He's got to say something. <laughs> right. So don't get mad that you yeah. don't like what he's talking about. He didn't, re- 
request to go up yeah. there and stand right. up there and talk to you. So I mean, win something, Fuzz. Well, he hasn't had a job. Yeah, like he, you want him up there, but th- the main thing he did was he addressed that. Yes, everybody's trying to figure out who I am, right? Mm-hmm. But he's like, let's talk about what's more important: what I'm going to do, what I'm going to bring. You know that kind of stuff. Old school physical mentality was one of the things he said. As a player, you know what that makes me think. Hey. Practice is going to be tough. <laughs> so what are the players thinking about this now? Are they like, oh, God. When I hear that, we're, yeah. we're hitting in training camp. <laughs> so that will appeal to some, but not all of the and, players. And off-season weight program is yeah. real. So, I mean, I'm looking at that like, ooh, we're going to we gonna be out here hitting. Now, I mean, truth be told, why that makes sense is this. Yes, I would say that as a player, and I'd be like, oh, gosh, it's going to be tough. But I would embrace it. Mm-hmm. I would embrace it. I would take the challenge, and I would be become and be moldable into the product that this coach wanted to implement as far as his culture is he the right choice and i know it's difficult to call that everything we just said he hasn't had anything a chance to do much at all but he wasn't the obvious choice he certainly wasn't a coordinator that was getting a huge amount of buzz but his heritage can't be denied i mean the the fact he's come from the patriots dynasty but also special teams which is such an integral part of bill belichick's coaching plan that that's got to bode well yeah i think that first of all he's been under saving right arguably the best coach in college football Mm -hmm. and belichick so he understands how to be a ceo of a team from two different perspectives Mm. that helps but i think you hit the uh, nail on the head when you talk about special teams now you're not special teams yeah i'm special teams biased but you know when you understand the dynamics of a team, a lot of time offense or defensive guys are used to just talking and working with those guys, right? Mm-hmm. When you're a special teams coach, you've worked with every position group, every position group. So you understand the mentality of all these different players. You know how to talk to them. You know what's important in their a position. So if I'm a special teams guy and I'm a running back, you understand like, yeah, you're my guy, but you still got to be a good running back and you still got to make this team as a running back. Mm-hmm. So you understand what skill sets are needed. You talk to him about that. You go and say, hey, man, you need to improve this or you need to do that. So he's done that with every position group mm-hmm. on the field. A lot of times you get these coaches that are, say you're the the offensive coordinator and you, 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 you work with quarterbacks. You understand quarterbacks, but do you understand really how D-linemen act? Yeah. Do you know how what they do their 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 different intricacies like you 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 might but not really and also to talk to them i think it's easy to underestimate if you know from the outside looking in just how much of a division there is often between offensive players and defensive players in an nfl franchise yeah because you it's and it's it's only because you're focused on your job Mm. you know the bill belichick do your job so you're locked in on what you're doing and how that affects the whole team and that's good when you're a position coach Mm. not when you are trying to be a ceo of an organization what is the main difference do you think between a coordinator's job and a head coaching job i mean other than the ones you've outlined where you've got to bring everybody together because one of the things i thought was interesting belichick said about him was he picks up concepts and coaching points quickly. He's an exceptional leader. The, the key thing there is the, the concepts, right? So obviously you've got to be the mastermind, ultimately preside over the, 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 the game plan. But, but what else is it? Because there's a whole lot of, as we saw with the press conference, a whole lot of extra PR baggage that comes with a gig. Yeah. So, uh, coaches, right? You, I mean, offense and defensive coordinators are putting the game plan together and there are verbalizing that to the, 
the different position coaches and saying, hey, this is what we got to do. Teach this to your players, right? And now let me get ready to execute this game plan. I'm locked in with playing against my opposing offense or defense. Cool. So head coaches need to see the overall scheme of how we are going to win that week. So they need to come in and they need to break down this overall picture and say to the offense, I know this is your play call and this is what you want to do this week, but this isn't going to work. And basically they're saying no to things. You know, this isn't going to work because, yes, I get all these plays might work, but if they don't work, they're going to put our defense in a bad situation. We need to do this on defense to win, Mm. right? So, and as an offensive coordinator, you're not, you are thinking about your defense, but you're thinking about your offense, Mm. right? And as on, on the defensive side, same thing. So he's looking at the whole overall picture and making sure everybody is synchronized on how, what they need to do that week to win while also managing Everything else, speaking to the owner, talking to the GM about uh, 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 things that need to happen on the roster, you know, dealing with the media, all these other things mm. that come along with the position he has to handle. And he needs to be able to walk around at a practice because that's important and say, OK, this week we need to focus on this thing. So when I walk over to the DBs, the DB coaches, they're doing this thing. I need to say. Jay Bell, man, you got to cover such and such this week. Make sure you play it like this, okay? Let's, you know, reminders, cues. Um, you see, if you've ever seen the tape of Belichick with Tom Brady mm. coming in early in the week and them talking about Ed Reed one time mm. at, at Safety yes, and saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. look at what Reed. Yeah, 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 and they're yeah. just talking through it because yeah. that was big that week. Yeah, yeah. He, he's not talking to Tom Brady about, oh, if we run this play and this play. No, 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 no. That's McDaniel's job. Mm. He's saying these are the things that can beat us. Mm. And that's what a head coach needs to do. He needs to see the overall overarching theme from week to week, year to year, whatever. He needs to be controlled at and he needs to enforce the culture, 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 culture. That is the quickest way to lose an NFL. If you don't have it, good coaches bring that players follow. Love that that clip of, of Belichick and Brady. Just, just so passionate and sucked into it. And, it. and no surprise there. No surprise as well how hands-on Belichick is with detail. But not every head coach is, right? That's something that to actually kind of roll their sleeves up and get in the trenches, as you love to say. Not every head coach either wants to do that or, or ends up doing that. Is that a mistake, do you think, when somebody gets the big gig? Maybe that, because of all the other things they've got to address, they they, they step back a little bit too much from that side of things. I think you got to be smart and know who you are as an individual, as a coach, and, and everybody's different. Mm. Uh, you look at a Belichick, he is a teacher, mm. and he is a technician, He yeah. is, and that's because he he's watched so much film over the years. He's seen it all. He's seen every body type and what they can and can't do, so he can now fast-track my thinking as a player to mm. saying, don't do that. I've seen it. I've seen it for 20 years. It doesn't work. Mm. This works for you. And he does that. He goes around and he teaches guys that. Vrabel kind of does the same thing. Uh, he understands football so much from a technical standpoint because he was such a great player that he can go tell a guy, yeah, we're trying to do this this week. Coaches have told you. Everybody's teach. Everybody's told you why you have to do it. I'm going to give you a little nugget that what works in doing that. Mm. Some coaches are like that. Some coaches are, you know, uh, like um, in Seattle. Um, what's my man? Carol. Carol. Yeah, I went. 
You know why I miss miss Carroll's name? Because he, he was a USC coach. Oh, that's right. I'm a of course it was. Guy, yeah, so you just block it in, in just, your brain. Anything related yeah, to USC is yeah, just, yeah, just, just yeah, a spot. Yeah, just a spot. And you look at him on defense and what he does and, and and how he teaches the fundamentals. He loves it. He locks into it. And he makes guys buy into those fundamentals. That's his skill, mm. the fundamentals. So it's just what the coach is. Mm. You know, uh, uh Tom Coughlin always had us ready to go mm. and he always controlled the culture. I mean, it was just like the intensity was there, yeah. you know, uh, and it was clear. You knew what was expected by being there. You just, everybody you, was you just knew, man. He just, he just had it. I mean, regardless of what he was saying, we were ready to play one more on coaching and we'll get into this week. We're going to talk Miami a bit as well, but we'll right. get into this weekend. You mentioned Carol, you mentioned Belichick, you mentioned Coughlin, right? These are all heavyweights for a long time. Super Bowl winners. They're, Track record speaks for itself. When you were a first-time head coach, you're a character like Judge. That's sure he's been at the Patriots, so that's going to go on in some respect from the players. But you're relatively young. You're new. Is it harder to win over the players' respect? I think that players are – they want to be coached, good players. So I think the quickest way to get the respect is you – whatever you say you do, you – and you stick to that. You don't waver. Uh, if you're challenged, you respond um, by by showing discipline to the team, you know, mm. or whoever it is. Because if you don't, other players are going to see it as weakness. Yeah. But I think players want to see that you have answers. And if you make me a better player, I'm all good. Mm-hmm. You tell me, hey, I'm watching you. You should try this. You should do this. If you're coaching me and you're coaching the team and what you're saying is real and it's working – that's what players are you want. gonna listen to so, you know coach comes over and says listen i've been watching you jason i think this and this and this if it hasn't got that track record initially mm-hmm. you're going to be quite resistant to what you're saying yes yes except that because he has won if he sticks to this is what we do to win mm-hmm. in this situation this is what we do who can challenge that sure he's telling sure. the truth the results he's seen it yeah yeah when you talk about players challenging a head coach do you mean that calling them out and trading? What kind of thing? I think that when I think about that, so Antonio Brown, an example there, the, the way he behaved in in Oakland, what was he? Was that a challenge to Gruden and, and to Mayo? <sighs> yeah, that's tough though because that's a whole. He's a different sure character in a different situation, and and so I, what I, kind of typical day to day challenge? Yeah, like I, let, let's look at it like this. Let's look at Dallas, mm-hmm. and one of the issues in Dallas, if you're the coach, is if I'm a player and I have a problem with what you're telling me and I go to Jerry. Yes. And Jerry sides with me, whatever that is. Now I know who's in control. Yeah. 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 So you're now taking your legs up. Yeah, yeah. So, so, and that can't, that's the thing. So if that happened, what should a, what would a, what should a coach do? I mean, I mean, what can you do? That's, 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 that's Jerry's hard. team. Yeah, but yeah, that, yeah, that's yeah. the, that's the kind of thing I'm saying. You have yeah, yeah, yeah. your high, your top, you, the only people that challenge you is your top players. Mm. You know, you're middle of the road guys. They're not challenging the coach. We're not gonna, yeah, right? Yeah. You're talking about the top 10 guys on your team. That's right. the only people mm-hmm. who can challenge mm-hmm. the head coach. Yeah. So it's, it's all about understanding your boundaries. Good stuff. All right. Uh, Miami, of course, you're going to be out there. We're going to be out there. Oh my gosh. Doing stuff Miami. With us out there. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. Can't wait. What are we, what are we? Hopefully I show up. You know, Miami, <laughs> things happen to good people in Miami. Uh, they go out there with all the right intentions and then <laughs> right. Miami gets them. Are you going? I mean, we looking at, well, I mentioned 
Don Johnson, uh, I think I mentioned Don Johnson on the fantasy show we dropped this week. Really? You got me thinking, wait a minute, Don Johnson. Man, yeah, Don, Don Johnson. Of course, Miami Vice. So what is, I mean, you, you know the city better oh, than I do, J-Bell. What should we be looking out for at this? It's, 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 it's great. It's a great city. You know, I went to, I went to business school in Miami. Did you? I went to University of Miami, got my MBA. And I so don't you know. know how, you I don't know how I graduated. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I didn't go out much because it was very intense studying. But the nights I did, I was like, "Oh my goodness!" You went big. Oh gosh, it's it's just it's just a great city, man. It really is. It's something about warm water and beaches. Yeah. Warm, warm climate and beaches, uh, beaches not the yeah. water water can be cold i don't care have you got tickets sorted to gronk's body yet no no but i'm gonna i'm gonna start Connected to call you, but you know everybody i know on. i haven't started working on that yet mm-hmm. just because uh you know it's 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 so close yet so far away. yes yeah, the yeah, panic yeah. hasn't set in <laughs> the party panic i call it you know the oh, the party panic then i don't go anywhere because we work too hard what about well, of course we're strictly business <laughs> what i'm worried about is Rocking up to uh, a party, watching J Bal kind of getting wheeled in, like you see, this could happen. Wheeled in the front, like no, forget, jump in the line, like J, J, J. Could happen. And there's just no. I'll tell you this. Ruby. You're left Ruby, right? I was going to a party one time, and it was really tough to get in. And OC went because mm-hmm. I wanted to go. My buddy OC mm-hmm. Manure, and he's like, "Oh, so difficult to get in here." You know, I'm waiting for you, and I'm I'm being slow. He's like, "It's gonna be hard." So I pull up. OC's in the front. And obviously they, they love OC. Everybody's, and he won't leave until they let me in. Legend. So I walk up through this crowd of people. People are like, oh man, but they don't know the reason it's happening is because OC has they told them, to know. I'm not leaving this front till I get in. Doesn't and I matter. got it. That's the sign of yeah. true friendship. And I took it, I took it like it was me. Like I had the juice, but of I course, didn't. But as you should, as you yeah, should yeah, roll yeah, with yeah, it. Yeah, Loving yeah. that. Well, we're with you and OC tag teaming now. Mega stars that you are oh, he's in the guy. Miami. He's I mean, the guy. Gonna... Two Super Bowls, man. That guy's a legend. I uh, love it. You're both out there, of course, part of the part of the TV coverage, but doing all kinds of other stuff as, as well. And we're going to be rolling out there too. So I'm really looking forward to catching up. Out you there. know it, man. Me and you rolling. We've got to work out who is going to be there. So let's get into it. Oh, gosh. Who's going to be there? Divisional round. Here we are. We mentioned earlier, Jason, about the upsets. Yes. So let's start. I want to start with Titans, Ravens, and the Titans turning over the you Patriots. You want to start with that one? I want to okay. start with Titans, right? Okay, yeah, let's do it. Right? Let's do it, yeah, yeah. Uh, unless you want to go chronological. No, 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 we can do whatever you want. You, This is your show. I just keep, you know, I'm down with this. I want to start Titans-Ravens <laughs> because everybody, I mean, the Ravens are almost double-digit favorites for this. Everybody I have read in terms of giving picks and giving a steer says not only do they think Baltimore is going to win, but to the most part, it's going to be comfortable. And Vegas doesn't lie. That's where the line is. As it as as it is, I am not so sure it's going to be as plain sailing for Baltimore as people are saying. Now, people are keying in on a couple of things. This Titan secondary isn't strong, and Baltimore can exploit that. They're not strong at corner. They're not strong specifically at corner. Yeah, yeah. Bayard, a hell of a player, but they're not yeah. strong at corner. Very fair point. Yeah. They're quite decent and stout in the middle defensively against the run of the Titans, but you can get on the outside of them as well. Yes. So these are key matchups that favor Baltimore. Yes. However... This is a Titans team that is in incredibly confident form. The way it's got into the playoffs, it's just they've just gone in and beaten the champions in Foxborough. Yep. Derrick Henry is running like nothing I've seen in in many years. That week of rest really helped him. My goodness, he looked fast. So with Tannehill as well, the comeback player of the year, surely. Yep. This is a dangerous offense to be to be playing. So. Which way are you reading this? Are you seeing this as one-way traffic for Baltimore like most people are? Or mm. do you see there is a case to be put for the Titans to keep this close? 
there is a case that the Titans keep this close because I think that it's all about game planning. Mm. And I think Vrabel wants to keep this thing close into the fourth quarter. That's, that's the way the Titans have a chance. Mm-hmm. They need to go in the fourth quarter and it needs to be a one point possession game. That's the way it works. So it's all about slowing it down early. Mm. It's all about playing keep away as far as getting, giving Baltimore the ball. Mm. So they need to play keep away on offense. And that's why they have to establish a run. It's going to be tough, but they're going to have to establish a run. And Tannehill is going to be forced into throwing for valuable first downs. They're going to put him in position where it's like, let's see if he can make this throw. And not off the play action. Yeah, right. On Tannehill, this was a stat that I thought was interesting. And again, this might be something that you can tear down the hype of stats or the way that stats sometimes lead you down the wrong path, right? (laughs) Tannehill versus man coverage this season. Mm -hmm. Leading the NFL, 15 touchdowns, just three interceptions. The Ravens are using man coverage on almost 50% of snaps. That is the fourth highest in, in the NFL. So that to me, is a favorable <laughs> matchup for the Titans, right? The other thing here, I guess, is Tannehill's mentality and composure. He has been, as, as we said, extraordinarily good since he's come in for Marcus Mariota, but he's got limited experience in, in the playoffs and the pressure is going to be on him. So if they're relying a lot on, they're not just going to beat them with Derrick Henry. You know, Derrick Henry put, had a monster game against New England. And they score 14 points. They gotta, he's gotta bring more, they gotta bring more than just Derrick Henry. So can Tannehill exploit this defense? So when you talk about man coverage, the reason why he's having so much success is this. In man coverage, this is what you have to do. You gotta tackle. Mm. When you have guys that break tackles, you have explosive plays in man coverage because everybody's got their man. In zone, you rally. You know, as a defense, but in man, I'm covering my man. I'm focused in. So if you miss that tackle, I have to leave my assignment and mm-hmm. go tackle you. And AJ Brown breaks tackles. Mm-hmm. He's like a big, he's like a running back at receiver. Right. So that's why you have so much effectiveness at that. And the Ravens are a good tackling team. Mm-hmm. The one worry I have is Marcus Peters. What do you have with Peters? Tackling wise. Mm. Because I, 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 one game, I, I forget the game I watched, but I watched what the game plan was and they attacked, they blocked everybody up on a Baltimore's defense and left him one on one in tackling situations. Mm. And I saw him miss like two tackles. I was like, I was like, oh, he's the guy. Right. So that is the matchup as far as tackling. He makes plays on the ball. One of the best in the league, but his tackling skills is sometimes struggle. Like you look at Marlon Humphrey, he's a tackling machine. Yes. So it's going to be all about tackling. And they, if the, when they're in man coverage, you if they catch the ball, you put them down on the ground right then and there. That's why that's uh, statistic kind of it tells the truth. But what it tell, teaches you is mm-hmm. that they break tackles. Interesting. Okay. In terms of the way this Ravens offense has matured and, and developed over the season, that's impressive, isn't it? They were very clear, I think, early on to establish, look, Lamar Jackson has an arm on him. He's more than just a running quarterback. And that was a big MO uh, early doors. But then they have mixed it up latterly, haven't they? Last six, seven games, they've, it's almost been anything goes, do what you want now. And uh, really, I think, testament to the coaching staff at Baltimore, how they have move that forward and therefore got the opposition thinking because there's so much for them to consider and think about when they're looking back at the tape and the and the history of this season. And as we often see, J-Bell, teams go into the playoffs with this much 
swagger and this much dominance, but sometimes fall short at crunch time. So what kind of Baltimore offense do you think we're going to see this weekend? Don't be fooled by anything. This offense is all about Lamar Jackson running the ball. Mm. It's a quarterback run first offense. Right. The bells and whistles on it are there. It's cool. This thing is all about him running. Mm. When you th- like when he's running these option plays and you thinking it's he's reading all this kind of stuff. They're design runs. Mm. And they're leaving like the defense to end unblocked because he's going to beat him. Lamar Jackson will beat him. And the thing that is why it's so important to get Lamar Jackson going and to make him make big plays is this. You're at home. Mm. You got that crowd. They got that thing. What is it called? Big trust or whatever, right? It's all, it's all Lamar Jackson driven. That defense feeds off of Lamar Jackson making plays. Mm -hmm. That offense picks up when he does something crazy and you're like, Oh, they just everybody, their game elevates. So what Tennessee is going to have to do. And we kind of talked about this before. They're going to have to come off the edge and hit Lamar Jackson every single play. Can't put a foot wrong. They got to hit him. And they got to hit him early because if they hit him early, when he does those fakes and all mm-hmm. that kind of stuff, he's going to try to get out of the way so you can kind of see what's going on. It makes you a little weaker in the middle. They're strong there, right? Mm-hmm. And Mark Ingram, uh, you mm-hmm. know, he's banged That's up. Good point, actually. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're going to have to hit him because if he lights them up, and he makes he does a highlight kind of play. The rest of the team just explodes mm. with confidence. He is their, you know, he's their fuel. That is a hard thing, and, and again, something that a number of sharps have pointed out this week is maybe the decisive factor that it's one thing doing that for a quarter, for two quarters, to sustain that level for the entire game against this multi-dimensional offense, which is just flying this year. Is, is almost impossible. Yeah, and the problem is they haven't played him. Mm. If they, if this would have been the second time they played, they would have been used to all the misdirection and, right. and they could have kind of felt it, right? Yeah, it's yeah, it's yeah. like sparring with somebody. Uh, not that we've said for sparring with him, but I'm just throwing it out there, you I'm know. <laughs> <laughs> like we're prize fighters, so we, you know, we were sparring yesterday. Jay yeah, 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 you know, <laughs> sparring, you know. But yeah, it's like, it's, you know what it is? It's like a receiver. If I've covered you in a one-on-one or practice against you, yeah. when I play against you, I got a better feel, sure. yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And when you see all that option stuff they're doing and, uh, and and, and all the misdirection, you just feel better once you've seen it. They haven't seen it. Mm. And no matter what you do on film, when it's live, it is fast. Mm. Okay, so full circle then. I think it's going to be closer. That, and to be clear, I'm not saying I think the Titans win necessarily. I don't think they get blown out, yeah. which is what some people yeah. are suggesting they might. I don't think they get blown out. I think that it's going to be tight and it's going to come down. It's going to be a fourth quarter game. I think it's going to be tough in the fourth quarter because I think if Vrabel – puts that game plan together. He's going to he's gonna sit in there, and he's already said, he's like, fellas, we got to keep this tight, and this is how we're going to do it. And if they execute that, I think it is, man. They got to keep Lamar Jackson from just doing stuff that makes that crowd electric mm-hmm. because when momentum swings, then it's scary mm-hmm. for Tennessee. Mm-hmm. They got to keep like a, a little bit of a, ooh, what's going on? I, yeah. I, I thought we were going to be up That's better critical. than this, right? Yeah, exactly. you, you a little start, doubt, start, right? You, yes, you need you that. Three and yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yes, yes. I think particularly as well with, with uh, and the point I was making, I guess, about going into the playoffs as a number one seed, as I think, if not unequivocally, then definitely close to the best team in football in most people's most balanced to me yeah, that defense balance. has got so much better man and and i 
literally I'm thinking about when they have to play Kansas City. Yes, like I, yeah. I'm not trying to move forward, but I think they built that team to cover uh that explosive, yes. high-powered, high-flying offense. That's why they went and got all those corners. They mm. got four corners. Mm. Four ballers. Yeah, yeah. So, and that's how I think they uh, built their team, but they have to get over a tough competition. And I just think they have more weapons than Tennessee does. But Tennessee is feeling themselves, and no Tannehill pressure, can no get hot. Yeah, is not the underdog, and, and everybody's expecting uh, them to lose. All right, let's get on to the, the Chiefs then. Uh, the Texans are talking about momentum and making plays. There was that section of the game with Houston and Buffalo where, I mean, JJ Watt was instrumental, of course, a lot of people talked about that, and what clearly wasn't, I think, and interesting, you'll take J-Bell on uh, 100% by any stretch of the imagination in that game, but critical play at the right time when they were deep in the hole, got that crowd going, and then, of course, one of the one of the plays of the season, one of the plays, in my mind, of the last 10 years, and we were doing the game at Wembley and saw a we version saw a play of, like that. Yeah. Of, this is even better. I mean, this was ex- extraordinary stuff. There's some great footage out there. Have you seen it? Because the sidelines mic'd up, and uh, and we're talking, of course, about the Watson uh, avoiding the top, the, the sack. In, Houdini. I mean, incredible stuff. The spin move, just uh, getting them out of dodge and then making the play, which, of course, set up the, the game-winning uh, field goal. The uh, the sidelines were understandably blowing up, and there was a great bit when Watson had pulled it off and watched the completion. They were down to the 10-yard line or whatever it was, the 12-yard line, and he was right by J.J. Watt on the sidelines and pumped his gun. Oh, J.J. God. Watt was just uh, all over it. Those two players, you talk about, as you say, game-changing, momentum-shifting players. They demonstrated that, didn't they, in spades? Yeah, you're right about J.J. Watt, too. Uh, him being on the field again really ignited them and you saw the momentum shift when he made that play mm. once again momentum is real and especially at home when it fuels you and you saw that with the play he made right but when you look at this game you you make a great point the way i look at it is deshaun watson is going to have to make those kind of plays i hate to say it it's just they have too many issues on offense i mean they're good but they got too many issues, especially the way I think Deshaun Watson at times uh, pickups uh, recognizes different blitz packages. Mm. And I say that because it's hard. I mean, you don't quarterbacks don't get a good grasp of that until like year six. Mm. You know, when it just clicks. I mean, this is just how it happens. They've all Peyton Manning's had issues with it early on in his career. Yeah, right? You just get so much. You've seen everything, mm. and even the play last week. Where he, you know, Houdini'd it. The blitz came from his left side. He's looking right. He didn't even recognize it. Man, I remember uh, standing and doing blitz from the slots and literally Peyton Manning just looking at you like 33. And you're like, how does he know? How does he know? know? (laughs) What am I doing? You know? And it just takes a while. So, but because of his ability to make ridiculous Unreal Michael Jordan type of plays. Right. That's and that's what he's gonna have to do. They're gonna have to once again, this is gonna have to be for them to win, keep it close, mm-hmm. and he's gonna have to do something to where everything's drawn up correctly for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden this dude just beats you. No Will Fuller probably, or if he does play, he's gonna be banged up. Um that I mean they got past the Bills managing to do it that way, but it's a huge, huge different loss. defense. Because, yeah, very different defense. And yeah, actually on that as well, I'm interested in your take on how this Chiefs defense has turned around because that was always the weak link in Kansas City, but Spags has absolutely transformed it. I mean, are they going into the playoffs as one of the, the, the strongest defensive units right now or is that overstating it, do you think? 
No, you are. You're not overstating it. They have gotten better as the seasons went on. And I was under Spags, but I was on injured reserve. But talking to people and players that first year, at the as the year progressed, they got better because they learned more about what Spags wanted. Right. They were like, okay, this is how we do things. This is what we do. You know, this is what he's teaching. It takes a while, right? This is a new defense. And this is the same thing you're seeing in Kansas City. And the players started to see the success with the scores they were having, holding teams to low points. I mean, two two wins in a row, they kept – the three points, yeah. you know, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, that was uh, Denver and Chicago, yeah. you know, and I'm not saying it doesn't matter who your opponent is. It matters what it feels like, right? You know, what does it feel like? So they started believing what Spags was saying. And the one thing Spags does well is he develops these little different uh, blitz packages from week to week using his linebackers, different stunts. And that's all game plan specific. And in the back end with Tyron Matthew, he's doing all these combination covers. So they're going to definitely do some things where they're uh, doubling Hopkins from different areas. They're going to keep them guessing with that. And the guys are getting good at that. And you're seeing the result. They are playing. I, I, I wanted to say excellent, but they're playing extremely well and they're getting better. And it's all about the things working and them believing what Spags is saying. And that's happening. The stats don't lie either in this one. So you look at the difference from the first 10 weeks of the season to where we are now. First 10 weeks of the season. And of course, this was an offense for a while that played without Mahomes, mm-hmm. uh, but defensively, they're at well, six and four, the Chiefs went. They were allowing almost 24 points a game, 370 yards a game. Since week 11, unbeaten, 11 and a half points per game, uh, just over 300 yards allowed. I mean, there, there you go. Uh, in terms of the Texans' offensive line against this defense, well, that's obviously a big concern because, and Buffalo, and it's not just on the line. I know Watson hangs onto it too much, and that's why the stacks, uh, are, the sacks rather inflated, but, that's got to be a matchup that's going to worry the Texans right now. They haven't managed to get this right. They went through a phase where they were getting better protection and obviously bringing in Laramie Tunsil. That was all predicated on this is a weak area. We've got to get this sorted out. But it's not playing out that way at crunch time, is it? The, the Chiefs are going to fancy that matchup. Yeah, but once again, I think, yes, uh, it's easy to blame the O-line. And they've worked their way to kind of fixing that, especially with Tunsil. That was huge for them. This is, this is I hate to say it, this is on Deshaun Watson. Mm. Elite quarterback. Look, he's great. And he's going to be, oh my gosh, he, the, the, the NFL is so lucky to have him, as are the Texans. Obviously, I'm happy about that. <laughs> but as a quarterback, you go to the next step mm-hmm. when you understand how to make your offenses weak, weaknesses invisible. You have to say, I got to do this. Is a year Tom Brady threw the ball and he got rid of the ball quicker than ever. Yeah. Because he knew he had to. And they, I think they won a Super Bowl. Is that, <laughs> is that a problem though without, is it Will Fuller and bringing that full circle? Is that a big problem that when he doesn't have that downfield threat, that burner threat, that it, it just makes, it just puts extra pressure on him, which inevitably leaves him hanging on the ball for that extra bit of time that is the difference between evading a sack and not? I think the way the offense is, they want to throw the ball vertically down the field, uh, because that's what he does well. Mm. So that's a part of it. And I just think when you're as good as Deshaun Watson is, you know, if I just hold on one more second and I'm brave, I can make this. Yeah. So it's that dynamic of you don't want to take away his MVP, right. Houdini Such type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. You just got to know, I, 
you know, when to pull it out and not. It, it's a part of the game that he has to be that for them to win. I'm just saying at times he's got to think of the situation and say, it's all about this right now. Yeah. You know, when it's on the line and I got to make it, it's like what he did last week. It doesn't matter. It's such a good point you make though, that if you are, if you have the skill set that someone like Deshaun Watson has compared to Manning or Brady, and you know that you can make this play, you can keep this alive. And I guess there are other quarterbacks that you would put in that mix. Um, Aaron Rodgers, to some degree, is, is there. And Russell Wilson definitely is as well. You could have a different mindset with a certain play, and you can't, as you say, take that away from that's part of what makes him great. Nah. And, and when I evaluate a quarterback and how I talk about him, I always talk about the things I think he can't do because he can do ever. He does so much. Right. So I'm just looking at like, man, what's the only way? That what's the only advantage? The opposition has yes and with him and he's just he's got the it factor he just needs to say when the it factor needs to be plugged in or not two more things about this one the chiefs coming off a bye week and andy reed off a bye week is a dangerous proposition to be facing also reading earlier on this week that all 53 men on the roster fully fit all participating in, in training which at this stage of the season is extraordinary isn't it this is why the nfl Week to week matters, uh, the way the scheduling is because of how important this buy is for health reasons. Mm. That, that time, that rest gives you so much as far as being able to recover. Your whole, that week, they were just, everything was all about rehab, you know, chopping up tape. This is our opponent, whatever, but just get healthy. Mm. Now we don't have to worry about that. We just go out and game plan. And you got the coaches in there working on that, but as a player, it's all about getting healthy. And that that is so important at this time of the year, especially if you want to continue to get to the Super Bowl. Okay. Unlike the first game we talked about, I think the Chiefs run away with this. I think this is a, a big win for Kansas City, and particularly, I think, because of the fuller situation. And maybe he suits up and that gives them a fighting chance. Houston uh, I just can't see them getting enough going, and I think the Chiefs are going to uh, put a lot of points up on not a great Texans defense. If you think about the Buffalo game, yeah. there were opportunities for Buffalo. They were in the red zone three or four times and didn't capitalize on it. The Texans' problem is how are they going to cover all these receivers? Their weaknesses in, uh, at, at corner mm-hmm. in the secondary, uh, they got decent players, but how are you going to cover four weapons like they have that's not the texan strength and that's why this matchup sucks for them okay so you're with me i think on the chiefs i'm with you and and, and i'm just looking at that and i'm like painful yes if if the chiefs gotta get up quick if they can get up 14 points ahead yeah yeah, because then you gotta throw on them Mm -hmm. and that's what they want they want to play one dimensional on defense knowing you have to throw to come back that's when spagnola lets it loose an arrowhead as well Wow. Man, I, I played that. We won there before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The <laughs> Texans. actually dropped yeah. that in. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Maybe history. My buddy ran himself. interception back like 80 yards. It was good. <laughs> I chased him. Uh, okay. So we put the two down, two to go. Vikings 49ers is where we'll go next. That's a Saturday oh, night game. Golly. So the, the Vikings extraordinary performance against the Saints and it was important for a number of reasons. The cut cousins, we didn't actually have a particularly stellar game per se it was really important for him to get that issue off his back that he can't win in prime time he can't win the big the big games right testament into that in the locker room afterwards do you see the did you see they love kurt don't they yeah they they do they really they really do and good luck to i mean i think they're rallying around him and you look at i mean look at a quarterback comparison here and again without laboring the point jay bell the i appreciate that stats can be misleading stats are good well the 
Kirk Cousins in particular seems to get criticized for this. That you look at his numbers. I'm going to do a quarterback comparison okay. for you in a minute. People say, well, ah, but the naked eye, the naked eye. I've been saying a lot this season how underrated I think Kirk Cousins is. I do not think Kirk Cousins is Russell Wilson. I don't think he's obviously playing anywhere close to that top five, top six quarterback level, but he is a top 12 quarterback in the NFL. I don't think you can argue with that. And with everything else around him, that is why I think Minnesota have got this far. And I think they could be, they could do have the potential here to put another upset on the table. Listen to this. His completion record this season, 68.6%. 240 passing yards per game, 27 to 6 is his touchdown interception ratio and his passer rating 106.7. Garoppolo, almost identical completion percentage yards per game, 27 to 13, so almost twice as many interceptions, his passer rating underneath. If you ask most people right now, most neutrals right now, which quarterback before the New Orleans game, which quarterback would you rather have? I reckon 70% of fans Vox Pop would say Garoppolo. I think they would. I think Cousins' his stock is... Uh, to me, bafflingly low. Mm. Now, maybe despite the fact he didn't really engineer the victory, or certainly not dramatically on his own shoulders against New Orleans, I think maybe it'd be more fifty-fifty. We don't know what Garoppolo can do in a playoff game either. His experience has always been in this situation as a backup, of course, back in the day uh, in New England. So I think Kirk Cousins, and there's so much more to the game that we're going to talk about. But I think we're talking about the quarterback head-to-head. Yeah, I think it's pretty even. Stevens going into this. I think you, you, you might be onto something. I think the thing you have to, we have to look at is this. We talked about, uh, Pat Mahomes and Sean Watson. Right. And one thing we just said about them is like, oh my gosh, playmaking ability. Change again. Ch- just, just, right? That, that's what you see. So you don't see that with Kirk Cousins. No, so because of that, you put him in this category. He is a timing and rhythm thrower. Mm. What does that mean? That means everything needs to be in timing and rhythm it needs to work when things get thrown off he's not good right now when you look at pat mahomes or deshaun watson it doesn't matter it doesn't matter right they're they're just they're see it throw it guys yeah and the thing is when the play action pass is working because your run game is working and Mm -hmm. he can everything's going like it was in practice the play play on my on my seventh step i hit i throw he makes it happen now the throw he made to Thielen, i'll tell you this as a defensive back, he threw Thielen open. Mm-hmm. That's what I needed to see from him. Mm-hmm. He threw it and he placed the ball where the, the ball was going to the corner, but he saw where the defender was and he threw it on the opposite shoulder. Yeah. That's an elite throw. Yeah. That's an elite Spot throw. On. Throwing somebody over, that's an automatic differentiator between an okay quarterback and a very good, possibly great yeah. quarterback. Very elite. So and the, the main thing is um, I look at this and I look at these two teams, right? They're similar mm. because, remember, this is all the old school Shanahan Denver offense. Sure. Both sides, right? Because the offensive court, well, the offensive the assist, uh, uh, Kubiak. Yeah. Kubiak isn't the coordinator, but he is. Yeah. Where did Kubiak come from? Denver. Okay. Okay. So this, these are similar teams. So right now, Kubiak's going into Zim and he's saying, Zim, these are our rules. Mm -hmm. This is what Kyle wants to do. Now, Kyle Shanahan's got his own, uh, bells and whistles, but these teams know way too much about each other. So what does that, how does that break down? So when you have a situation like this, what happens? So what scares me is this. I love Kyle Shanahan Mm -hmm. and I think Garoppolo's balling because he has 
Kyle Shannon right now is one of the best coaches, play callers to me in the league. Dude, there's a great story about Shanahan this week that, uh, Brad Allen, who's a, a real sharp mind, uh, was telling the professor as, as he's nicknamed, which I gave him that nickname, Jay, but I'm going to think of a good nickname for you. you oh, I like it. I like it. He, the professor Brad Allen was telling a great story about Austin Hooper. Uh huh. In his the first year. Yeah. yeah. It was with Shanahan. In, and, in, in Atlanta? Uh, right. Yeah. And in, uh, in sessions, he was sitting there and Shanahan would say, so what's going to happen now is this and this. And he just Nostradamus level yep. predicted the future. And he thought, oh, every offensive coordinator's <laughs> Welcome to the NFL. It's no, different. Not. No, they're not. There's Carl <laughs> Shanahan and there's everybody else. He, I mean, he's one of the greats, isn't he? Yes, he, he, he really is. And I mean, you look at the way he's designing these plays and what they're able to do. I mean, it's kind of like... I mean, if, if, if your defense is playing a certain way, he is exposing you. And he's just literally saying, because Garoppolo has this kind of attitude where he's like, Oh, what you want me to do, coach? All right, cool. Let's go. I like cool. Yeah. Southern, you know, yeah. totally should be in California. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah. not scared. I go do it. He's perfect for that. Yeah. But what if the design is challenged? Mm. That's the thing about Garoppolo. I haven't seen. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen him. Uh, just making it happen to where you're like, oh, he just did that. And I think that this matchup, as far as coaching staffs are, really is not advantageous for the 49ers. They didn't want to play the Vikings. Mm. They did not want to play the Vikings. And you think about it, George Kittle, best, their, 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 their ultra weapon. Mm. One thing the Vikings do is cover tight ends well. Why? You got Harrison Smith at safety, mm-hmm. and you have probably the best cover middle linebacker in Eric Kendricks. Mm. They shut tight ends down. down. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So Debo Samuels is going to have to really get loose on the outside because they've had a problem at corner. But this isn't matchup-wise. This is tough, man. This is a tough game. You know, it's a really interesting point that Greg Rosenthal, a friend of the show, of course, from NFL Network, made uh, about this Vikings defense. Eight, he says, of their defensive starters have played at least five seasons together under Zimmer. The continuity there is... I mean, I don't think there's any other unit in the NFL even close to that. And you know what that allows you to do is it allows you to wing it, meaning something has to get fixed in the middle of a game. Mm. I can say, now, remember this thing we ran three years ago? Yes. Yeah, yeah, kind of. We went... We're going to do that. Do you know what you're doing? It's drawing it up in the dirt. You can't do that unless you have that continuity and guys that know each other and know how to communicate. So important. Uh, How did the Vikings, in your mind, stifle the Saints offense in the way that they did, where they were fundamentally reliant, to the most part, on gadget trick plays with Taysom Hill? I mean, it was completely surprising to a lot of people watching, not that the Vikings won the game per se, but that... The New Orleans offense was was completely put in check by what happened. D line played great. They put the defensive ends over the guards because their tackles, the Saints tackles were great. Mm-hmm. So they knew that was a mismatch. They crowded the middle of the field because they knew what they were going to try to do with Michael Thomas. Get him the ball, whatever, you know. They were just all the passing lanes between the numbers crowded. Yeah. Right? Because they knew Breeze was struggling throwing vertical. Yeah, the deep ball. They knew. And what happened when he threw? They picked it. Mm. The only big play they had was Taysom Hill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So coaches tell you what they think. I'm going to throw a deep ball, which is a chance to get picked. It's a high-risk play Mm. with my – Third string quarterback yeah, over yeah. Drew Brees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The coaches are going to tell you. But the, the element of surprise, though, has got to be factored in there, right? Or is it, I suppose it's not if if they're telegraphing Hill to do that. 
No, and the element of surprise was that's why it worked. Mm. But the fact that they didn't use Drew Brees lets you know they were sitting on the routes. I yeah. mean, they were sit. I watched the tape now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're 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 not even backpedaling. Mm. The receiver's going to run by him, and they're like, go ahead. About and it. that's because I know the quarterback. If, even if he, even if I'm beat, I can play lower hip and maybe make a play on the ball. The fact that they don't really have a doubt. I mean, Ted Ginn's had a great NFL career, but you know, they have a. A, a really serious downfield receiver, do they? That's how much of that is an issue as well. And you think it's a double whammy, I guess. That you think Breeze doesn't have the arm anymore, and yeah, that 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 yeah. Their main thing was what they had with Michael Thomas. He was he was he was the key. I mean, Drew Breeze was going to slice you up in the middle of the field, and he did it to everybody. Yeah. It just didn't work in, <laughs> against the Vikings. In terms of injuries, is the other thing we'll talk about this one. Uh, it looks like D. Ford and Quan Alexander back for the 49ers. Speed, speed, speed. Hugely important, right? Thielen hurt himself in practice. Cut his foot, Cut right? His foot in yeah. practice. He'll uh, battle through that. He'll be fine. Yeah. Think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and Dalvin Cook has had injury problems. Didn't look to be a problem for him against New Orleans, although he was, it was very much all about the first half. He mm-hmm. was explosive then and they shut him down to, to a large degree in the second half. Uh, so they're going to be a little bit concerned. Uh, about Thielen, but if you reckon he is good and Cook seems to be fine and at this stage of proceedings, you just play through it, right? Yeah. Uh, Dalvin Cook is, he's gotta be healthy. He's gotta be ready to go. The, he is, he is what their offense needs mm. to get going for everything else to work. Yeah. He is that important. Kirk Cousins is not gonna throw you to victory. Mm. It's going to have to be trying to establish a run. Even if I'm not having success, it's that you have to play it. All the movement, you know, they want to run that stretch zone and get you moving laterally. That's mm. how the boot play action works. Who are you going with? Man, this is tough. Mm. Because, okay, I'm going with the 49ers because I'm going with my football mind. Mm-hmm. I'm a Vikings fan because my friends are there. Yeah. And I, so I, either whoever wins this, I'm happy. Because okay, if yeah. the 49ers win, it's yeah, like, oh, yeah. I got I it. The Vikings yeah, win, I'm like, yeah. So, but it's going to be tough. The Vikings, I mean, if, it's just going to be – I just look at – I'm looking at coaching staff matches up strength on strength. I just think they're going to know what each other's doing. And both these quarterbacks aren't elite playmakers, so it's going to be mm. – it's going to be about the coaches. Yeah, and it, in based on what we've said, it's close, it's close then as well. But what it's we close, said, man. Shanahan edges it, yeah? Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, I like I like what they're doing, and I just think they got more weapons, and, and they're led by that defense. I think when you got a defensive line like that, defensive lines take over in the playoffs. See, I'm going 49ers as well, but again, a narrow one. I think points points to be scored, I think it's fair to say in this one. Uh, <laughs> final game uh, that we'll talk about. Uh, uh, is it the final game that we can try to work out, which is the last one, isn't it? Yeah, as in chronologically, it's the Sunday night game, Seahawks Packers. What time is that on? 11.40 UK time, Jay. Ooh, I'm ready. You're ready and set. The Now, I listen to you, man. We work together a fair bit, and I do listen to you. And one of the things that you talk about is... <laughs> Did I say something crazy? <laughs> you often do, but you were talking, right at the start of the season, you were oh. talking about... Um, how much you can tell from a team from the first 15 or so plays. Yeah, 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 yeah. That has yeah. never Scripting. been truer than this incarnation of the Green Bay Packers, right? Man, they got to they they have success. They are, <laughs> I mean, they they are, and this is an interesting knock on LaFleur and this, this Packers side that super, super scripted and stick to the plan and really exciting when it goes to plan, but don't seem to be able to deviate too much from that plan, which is a bit of a paradox when you think they've got Aaron Rodgers, who, as we said earlier, is one of the, the better improvisers that the game's ever seen. This he might be an improviser. Yeah. But that says a lot about your, your, your staff or your, or your level of comfort 
adjusting. When you script those plays, right, it's I've looked at tape all week. This is what they do. This is how we handle it. You know, boom, it's it's you have time to think about it. And that's good. It's a skill. Mm. But as the game progresses and things happening, like you see Belichick, you know, with that little pen and pad and mm. like this is what they're doing. You yeah. hear about Josh McDaniels literally after a, after 20 plays or something coming and saying, this is how they're attacking us. Yeah. This is their thing. And that's a skill. So it's all about your ability to adjust, right? That right. second move in chess, that second or third move. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and so when that's, but, but you are who you are. So I'm not saying you got to get better at it this game. You just better score points. Yes. You better be successful on those first 20 plays. You better go down and get two scores. But when people talk about that, LaFleur and the Packers, every team presumably is entering a game with a fairly clear initial game plan of how we're going to attack this defense, right? That's true. There, There is, there are... Uh, ways of doing it. Not everybody scripts the plays though. And I'm, I'm not, Hey, I'm not in their meeting room, but it feels like, especially with that West coast offense element, yeah. that's what they've known, been known to do. Mm. And you, you see it with the Raiders with, with Gruden, how he was able to start fast. I mean, you, you just know you got the script. These are what we're going to do. And mm-hmm. hopefully we have success before they adjust. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the start of this game is critical. Let's talk about yeah, real critical, <laughs> the obvious things with the Seahawks, the, the running game and how much that has changed because of injury and, and injuries to the offensive line, not just the the running back unit. What have you made of Marshall Lynch since he's been back? I mean, he just brings so much more than than his ability to run the ball. He brings an attitude. I mean, it, it, these dudes think they're they always had a toughness because of. I'm not gonna say their coach. Remember, I, I don't say his you don't say his name. Was, you have to say it first. Pete Carroll. Yeah, because of USC. Nah, Pete Carroll. I like Pete, but Pete's tough. Pete is tough. Pete Carroll is tough. He's got a tough team. Marshawn Lynch comes, Marshawn Lynch comes in there and like, you see how the players, it's like the godfather. Yeah. You know, it's like they want to impress him. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And you saw it. Yeah. Like, and that there's a, there's a lot to that, especially in the playoffs. Like they don't want to let him down. Like the running backs don't want to go out there and look soft and come back and he's looking at you. You know, we were talking, uh, before we came into the Golden Globes and, uh, watching, <laughs> watching Ricky Gervais's opening monologue oh again and that gosh. table with De Niro, Pacino, Pesci and Scorsese. That's kind of like you got, young actors and you're cast in a movie with a De Niro Pacino that's what's going on here you're, you're not Marshall going out Michigan. you're not going out the night before for drinks because you want to <laughs> come not. in and you want to be at your A game because they're looking at you like come on kid yeah and that's what you can see with him I mean Russell Wilson is their leader and he leads in his in his way Marshawn Lynch is I mean he's the enforcer mm. and you know what it takes you have to get calloused a little bit right you got your your body has to get built up for contact and hitting. And I think that's what's kind of happened to Marshawn now. He's got hit a couple weeks. Yep. Now, I think he's ready to kind of explode, you know, at the right place. Come in. You just need him to come in and do like a five, six-yard run where it seems like it's 20 yards and he's pounded you yeah. because that sets the tone. And I think he's going to do that. What do you make of this Packers team? Because there was at one point in the way the cards are falling – that they could have ended up the, the number one seed in, in the playoffs that they didn't obviously, but they, they did get a first round buy and that has left a fair amount of people scratching their heads saying they're just not that good a team, certainly not deserving of a top two seed. Do, are you, do you agree with that or do you think that actually people are underestimating them? Bill Parcells always says you are what your record is. Right. So I have to go with that, but yeah. I, I know what you're saying. It's, it's like you're, you're not impressed because they're not doing, if Aaron Rodgers was running around doing stuff he has done in years past, you would say, Oh my gosh. Yes, right. Right. But you know, he, he, he's, he's not, not that he 
can't. It's just you don't see it week in and week out. But that's an interesting point, right? Because so much is talked about Brady's decline, Breeze's decline, Rivers' decline. No one's really saying that about Rodgers. I know he's a few years younger than them. Yeah. But last season, I mean, the end of the uh, the McCarthy era, you know, things weren't really – he wasn't the people not the same player. Is there any – chance that Rodgers is falling down a bit and we're just not realizing no I think he's fine he can make every throw and he's in his prime that's the thing he's he's in his prime I think it was just kind of stale yeah you got a guy like that he wants to grow he wants to be challenged and I think that was kind of the issue yeah for whatever that's worth yeah uh but I think this team now it just they're kind of shaky as far as you see how they win and do things and you just you know, you're just not impressed. It's not a highlight reel, mm. but that's okay. Yeah, sure. There's nothing wrong with that. You just need to get hot now. And I think the defensive identity is create turnovers. Mm. They got to get turnovers because you have Aaron Rodgers, you get him the ball back and you give him opportunities. He's going to do something with mm. it. That's the same with Pat Mahomes. Mm-hmm. We got to go out there and we have to be a little more aggressive on defense because we need to create Turnovers because we have this elite guy mm. on the other side. So that's who they are. Uh, Zadarius Smith is, uh, he's a baller. I love what he's doing. And you gotta go, you just got to create turnovers. That is how they win the game. They win the possession battle because they can be elite on offense with opportunities. What do you make of DK Metcalf? Uh, what would he have been like to cover back in your playing days? Oh, he'd have been a nightmare. <laughs> and the problem is, you know what he's gonna do. But it's like he can't stop, can't stop. Yeah, say you say he runs three, say he runs four deep routes a game, mm-hmm. and you cover him great for three, and you're like, boom! But he catches one. That's the highlight. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, that's that's what it is, and that's what happens. I mean, he's everything's going to work for him one play, and it's going to be a forty yard catch. You know, I know he's going deep. He's going deep. He's going deep. But it's just it's all about um, how many chances he gets. He's not a guy that you just throw one to. Even if you don't throw it, you need him to keep running deep, setting the DB up, making him go. How do I cover this? Making the guy get confident. But when the ball's in the air, he's too big and he's too strong. He's boxing you out like a big, you know, big tight end down there yeah. uh, in the middle of the field. Sometimes you're all over them, but you just can't get around their body and their arms are too long. Mm. That's what he does. Uh, great that that you know he's a hot hand coming into this game as far as Russell Wilson and the Seahawks are concerned. Which oh that's only that's all they got. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's what they got to do. Because yeah, that's because Tyler Lockett he's been injured, so he's not yeah. the same yeah. as he was before. Is he, at the moment, and he's fine. He's good player, but yeah, th- th- you are what you are right now at this team. Their big chunk plays come off of that. Yeah, he lines up on the left hand side of the formation. And Russell Wilson does his thing, throws it across his body up there, and that man goes up there and gets the ball. Just works. Do you think with the problems they've got, the Hawks on the line, and the running game isn't established, although, as you were suggesting, it's dangerous to discount Marshall Lynch, even if he's been out of the game for this long, do you think there is going to be enough, they're going to be able to credibly establish the run enough to get the play action going and to, and to, and to really look at making the Packers think twice about loading the box? Well, they're not so codependent on the play action. It, it, it does do a lot as far as movement's concerned, as far as the defense, right, getting zones open. But you got Russell Wilson. And Russell Wilson is just a playmaker. And that's the thing. You know, when you got these playmakers, they just – that's why some of these plays are so basic. They have a basic offense. But it's basic because you got a guy who makes basic things great. Right. And what he's going to do in the second half if they're not running the ball, well, he's going to run. Matter of fact – I think all game he's going to run if he has to. Mm. And that's what he does. When it, when, when it's crunch time and it has to be a first down or we got to get it going, Russell Wilson runs the ball. Mm. 
And then that opens up a whole other trick of bags. So I think that you need Marshawn Lynch to get in there and just bring this physical component like making linebackers come down and tackle, hitting D linemen, making them like, oh, this is going to be a fight, right? Just the physical component. Then you got Russell Wilson who's running around, you know, uh, keeping you on your toes all the time. And then you got your shots down the field to DK Metcalf. It's just a good combination of change up things that are all serious threats that can wear you down. And that's what they're going to have to do. I mean, they that that's who they are. Their thing is led by their quarterback's ability to make plays and distribute the ball. And on defense, they just got to be sound and take opportunities when they come. Once again, get turnovers. This, I'm looking at this. You know, I'm a defense guy. I'm looking at which defense can create turnovers. Mm. That to me, I'm just looking for the turnover. That'll, that'll determine the game. I, if you look at the Hawks this season, they've been in so many tight games and that is obviously partly because of the way their defense is played, but Russell Wilson keeps them in games and I think that he'll do it again. I fancy the Seahawks for the road win, you know. Ooh, you're brave. I'm not ready to go there yet just because I think that Green Bay at home, that crowd gets behind them. Sure. It really, really helps them. Mm. It just, and you got a young defense in Seattle, mm. a lot of young players in that environment. It's hostile. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. Even DK Metcalf's never seen anything like yeah, that, yeah, right? Sure. I'm just, I'm just saying like that, that is, if this game was in Seattle, I'd be, I'd be Seattle all day. Yeah. Seahawks are good on the road. They play great on East Coast time. Uh, Pete Carroll, I'll say his name this time, hasn't prepared. <laughs> I like Pete Carroll. Um, but yeah, I think that it's going to be such a tight game. This is going to be the closest game mm-hmm. of the, of the weekend, uh, nail biter. But that's why I'm saying opportunities with the ball and turnovers is so important because it's going to be down to the last possession. I can tell you that. And you're taking the Packers. I'm going with the Packers until the game starts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant stuff. Wow. Well, it looks like, I mean, all four games. Yeah. Definitely compelling. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just such, you know, one thing I'm looking for all these games is this because of the matchups. Mm. You can come out of this victorious, but you're going to come out exposed. Mm. That's what I think. Every team is going to come out and it's going to be like, this is the thing you got to attack, which is what happens. But nobody's skating through this. Nobody's getting through this without bloody in their nose. Yeah, yeah. And that's what I like for coming up for the championship round, uh, NFC and AFC championship. You're in fighting mood. You're talking about sparring, noses getting bloody. This is what's up. This is what's up, man. We are in the playoffs, man. It is, it is brutal. Strictly business. Yeah. It is always a pleasure. Thanks for dropping by, Jake. Man, this is, this is fun, man. Invite me back in. Well, next time we'll see you'll be Miami, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even better than here. Yeah, I'll be sober. Terrific to catch up with Jay Bell. As we mentioned about 17 times during the chat, we will be hooking up with him in Miami because we're going to be dropping episodes every day when we're out there. Lots of other content coming your way from the Super Bowl as well. So watch this space. Speaking of big games, the college championship Monday night. Ben Isaac's going to be joining us on the Monday pod to preview that one. And you can watch that game on ESPN Player. And I tell you what, ESPN Player are pulling out all the stops. There are going to be 10 different camera angles flying around for the game. So it'll be a really, really interesting way to watch the game. ESPN Player for the big college championship final. Like I say, Ben Isaac's on the show on Monday for that one. And we'll be looking back at all the weekend playoff action. We'll see you then. Bye for now.
Sports Social Podcast Network.